This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I am with the lovely Brooke Keels and the lovely okay. Caleb Holgerson. Yeah. He's just a lovely going? person. Thank you. You can also be lovely, That's Caleb. That's kind of you. I, anyway. People don't often describe me that. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. You're, you're a lovely person, Caleb. Thanks. We're really glad you're with us. Thanks. This is your here. second show with us in this series. Yes. And this is your second series to yes. do with us. So it's just fun to have you on it's here. It's fun to be here. Um, I'm really, I'm loving the series that we're in, guys. It's like, I read this book that we're covering um, months ago. And it kicked me in the backside, and it's kicking me all over in the backside in this series in a really good way. Um, but if you are just now joining us for the first time, we are in the middle of a series based on the book Rooting for Rivals. And I don't know if we've said this in any of our prior episodes, but you should buy the book. Yeah, it's great. Really. It's really good. Brooke, yep. What do you think, book? Brooke? I, I should also buy that book. <laughs> yeah, I've I was been like, trying to I get Brooke to read this for a long time. Yeah, I haven't read it, but the podcasts are kicking me in the backside. Good. And you guys seem to intentionally place me. Do that. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I mean, I think it does go to show that um, you don't have to have read the book to follow the podcast or to actually even speak on the podcast. That's right. Uh, See? On- <laughs> that was the whole point. Yeah. We actually didn't want you to read it because we wanted you to prove that point. So, um, but I want to go read it now. Really, I think, you know, honestly, the core of this series, we're talking a lot about uh, generosity. We're talking about collaboration. We're talking about this idea between a scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. And really just talking about the fact that we serve an abundant God. And if we do not have that mentality and do not believe that, then we live from this place of rivalry, of envy, of jealousy. It's bondage. It's not fun. And so a lot of the book, you know, is written for organizations, churches. And I mean, y'all, seriously, like I remember when I shut this book, I was like, every church needs to read this book, every single one. But it goes for all of us. And I think what we've I've discovered even more as we've done this series is that this goes for us individually. This affects us at a root level in our relationships with other people and how we celebrate other people, um, comparison. It's just, it's just hit on a lot of things. And so today we're really going to dive a little deeper guys into this core issue of pride. It's going to be fun. Oh man. We kind of hit on this. We didn't kind of hit on, we hit on it a lot in our first episode and, you know, said we were going to be moving on from there, but we're coming back around to it, guys, yeah. because really it, it is. I mean, we talk about it a lot and we've joked about it, but we really we have to talk about core issues. We have to talk about what's at the bottom of all of this, because when we can get to the bottom of these types of things, it's where freedom is found. And so that's really going to be where we go today. And I am going to be, to be the first one on the show today to be humble and let you guys go first that's good. That's good. and talk about your issues Brooke? with pride. Yeah. Well, so they're choosing me because I've overcome this uh, in all areas of life. Um, no, yeah, that's very you know humble. What? You know, what? mercy talk the team, most everyone. Humble person I know. Um, and so, yeah, so pride. Um, you know, it's funny. 
one of the things, and I don't know, I mean, I know we've talked about Enneagram stuff. I don't know if it's, you know, being an eight <laughs> pioneer. And so one, you have pride in that, but one of, I think the cool things about it, I will say <laughs> that's awesome about myself. <laughs> just re- starting out well. This is going to be great. Uh, this is going to be so good. Life changing. Um, no, but is that, you know, the Lord can talk to me pretty candidly, I will say. And so there's a lot that I'm like, no, this is whatever. And he, you know, that person should be better. And he's like, or you should be better. Oh, right. So we do yeah. have a lot of those conversations, but no, I really, and I remember when you did read this book, you did ask me to read it a lot. Um, <laughs> and I do read other books for my job. So yeah. it's not like I wasn't not doing that. Yep. Um, but I think that, um, you know, one of the ways, I mean, pride is so deceptive. And I think there's, there is a difference between you should be proud of who you are, be proud of who you are in the Lord, be proud of the gifts that he's given you in those ways. But that comes from a place of security and confidence, right? Pride comes from insecurity. Mm -hmm. Um, like you mentioned, like, you know, wanting credit for things or whatever. And one of the the ways, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but this summer I learned how my pride plays out is I had this idea that if I was better than everyone at everything, then the Lord didn't have to worry about me. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> you go worry about everybody else. I got this. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, mm-hmm. and so, which is, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, but I really, it was out of, you know, of a lie, frankly, but this idea that, you know, and I think that happens in ministry all the time, right? If I've, I'm going to hold this fort down and Lord, you can go worry about everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it, it just really, um, interestingly enough, going through Esther and, um, some of that kind of brought that out for me. I don't, I don't even remember the specific thing that mm-hmm. it did, but, um, you know, and, and there's a place of, yeah, like self-sufficiency and, and it can be like, I don't want to let anyone in, or it's a matter of you think you're just being helpful to everyone. Either way, it's wrong. It doesn't yeah. you know really matter whatever lie you believe to allow pride to continue. Um, you know, and another thing I do is I tend to, you know, I went to like a leadership training and they were talking about, it was, you know, Henry cloud, which is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just sitting there imagining him being like, you look like a great leader. Come on up. And then we'd be <laughs> friends. And anyway, <laughs> so he was talking about stuff and I was like, man, I really wish these certain people were here to hear this. Oh, that's, you know, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is every thought mm-hmm. I ever have when I hear good things is that it's for other people. Right. Um, and he, anyway, and the Lord was like, yeah, no, that's, that's for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dang it. Okay. So I had to go back and like rewrite, you know, my notes and <laughs> go through it. Um, and so anyway, it's just interesting how pride plays out, but I think it is individual to the person too. You know, and and I think what we're going to talk, well, what we are going to talk about is like, where can you catch that coming up Mm -hmm. for you? Like, where's your like, oh, that's not good. Um, Or being able to just explore that and not being able, afraid to explore it. Um, You know, and I think the scripture you guys mentioned is that Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when I read that scripture, I was like, I can. Uh, (laughs) And so... (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that was like, obviously, you know, but, oh, you know, and some people may be discouraged by that, but I hope that's not true. It's just more about like, you know, life is so complicated and things are complicated and how we were raised and genetics and experiences and all of that, which lead to the agreements we make, right, that don't serve us well or don't allow freedom to exist. So anyway, mm-hmm, so I'm wrapping that up. <laughs> Yeah, C.S. Lewis wrote something in, in his book, Mere Christianity, that I think really um, speaks a lot to that. It says, if I'm a proud man, 
And as long as there is one man in the whole world more powerful or richer or cleverer than I, he is my rival and my enemy. A simple way to boil down that concept of pride is being, you know, consumed with yourself. And uh, since most of us have a hard time seeing, you know, sin in our own lives, uh, the authors of Rooting for Rivals did a great job proposing some really just practical uh, questions to help us see clearly, like where mm-hmm. uh, where we might have an issue mm-hmm. with yeah. this. Because it's easy to be like, Mm-mm. right, not me. Yeah, I don't have pride, not but me. then. The questions. The questions. All right. So, Share those with first them. one: uh, Do you celebrate when your rivals prosper? Anyone want to answer? Nope. I just like that being a question <laughs> okay. that everyone ponders. Okay. <laughs> I'm Brooke, real quiet. Do you ever revel in your rivals' struggles? Caleb, stop looking at us. Stop <laughs> I'm not looking, looking at, at anyone. I'm looking at the wall in case any. Look, we have to define rivals, okay? It's not like in every area of life. Oh my goodness. All right, so this this is a hard one for me. Do you like when your work leads to someone else's success? Man, I do like that actually. I mean, I take credit for it in right. my heart, but yeah, oh. right. like I. Well, let's think. I do. Yeah. You I do like, like it. it. You I like so it. Good. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, but it's because it makes me. No, feel good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do. Like, yeah. I will say it's that. Still like, all about I me. love like if my team's successful. I mean, yeah, it's not all about just in the bad places, okay? But at the real, never mind. Just edit <laughs> keep all going, Caleb. Right, here's another. <laughs> do you celebrate? Saying no. Do you celebrate if you see other organizations flourishing by using your strategies and model? hey Again, <laughs> I would say yes. Okay. But, Brooke. <laughs> Keep going. All right. The last Brooke one. Brooke is passing this with flying colors. <laughs> All right. So last question is. Scott how- never listens to this. Yeah. No, sorry, Caleb. You go. No, you're good. Yep. How protective are you of your ideas, of your plans, procedures, and policies? Mm. Well, for all of us except for Brooke, I would say those are really convicting <laughs> right, questions. Right. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, I feel really terrible about myself no. right now. Well, okay. So I will say that. That's the goal of this That was it. Yes. Everyone <laughs> feel bad. Like, I think as an organization, I'm thinking just at, like, especially with those last few questions that you asked, the last couple of questions. This has been a growing thing for mercy um, because this, I don't know, this just goes back to that whole idea of caring more about the mission than about you and about your thing and about your organization. Because I remember this was a few years back. This was before outreach even existed at mercy. You know, we'd been doing the residential program and I would say kind of as a general rule, I mean, we've, we, we shared things as it seemed fit, but I, I think from an outsider's perspective, it kind of seemed like we as mercy were kind of keeping our, you know, our, hands like everything was really close. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing something that nobody can see as listeners. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's basically like holding everything <laughs> close to the chest. Like, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. That's a saying, right? That is. That's a thing. So basically we weren't, we weren't being radically generous. It wasn't that we were particularly being stingy with our resources, but we weren't really sharing them actively, you know? Right. And I remember somebody that was an outside person, whoever you were, I hope you remember and take credit for this, even though that's not the point. That's not what we're talking about. But um, like somebody came in, it was an outside um, person who basically said like, the world is dying out there, guys. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people hurting. What you guys do is important. How are you going to help more people? We were like, 
uh, Marika kind of looked at each other on the table like, I guess we're going to build some more homes. That's what we're going to do to help more people. And he's like, not good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was one of those people that was kind of just like, nope. Yeah. Just kept pushing, you know. <laughs> we're like, okay, well, we could, you know. And it really got down to this point where he, where I think we as a team, our board of directors, Nancy, everybody just got to this point where it was like, we can't help enough people. Mercy right. can't help enough people. Right. And so we are going to have to start getting radically generous. We're going to have to start sharing, getting stuff out there, helping people who help people because there's too many hurting people. We'll never have enough beds. We'll never have enough homes. And I mean, Mercy only serves in our residential program, a very specific, you know, population of people, young women between a certain age group, you know? Yeah. And so we want to help more. And so that was really kind of the very beginning of outreach being a thing. And so it's like, yeah, we started really being intentional with our podcast. We started offering trainings. We started doing our empower workshops. We got keys to freedom out there. We're like, what can we do to come alongside churches? Caleb, that's basically what you do here. Come alongside churches, come alongside people who have this heart and this vision for freedom. We want to help you help people because we're never going to be able to do enough ourselves as an organization. And so I love it because it was really like I've seen in my few years here at Mercy us grow into that place of being generous. And it's just been cool because now we hear back stories from people who are saying, like, here's how this resource has helped me or here's how this person who went to your workshop is helping me. And I always am thinking like we would never have been able to help you like through our residential program. But because of our board and I'm, I mean, I can't personally take credit for this. It was a leadership decision here at the organization to say, we're going to start opening our hands wider and being generous mm-hmm. with our resources and what the Lord has given to us. And it's been, I'm, I'm just thinking how many more hundreds of people. And I think thousands in the years to come have been helped because of that, not because of what we at mercy did, but because we shared. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. The Keys to Freedom book, that first part, the setting the stage where we talk about the roots and the branches, that has helped me to describe what a stronghold is to people in a way that, again, I didn't have language for before. So being able to describe the anatomy of a stronghold and to visually give people something that they can look at that makes sense to them has been just revolutionary as far as helping people understand where things come from, why they start, and where the roots are at. So you need to check out these tools because they're designed to help you and to help you help other people in your world. Feel free to go online and and see or give us a call and ask for our director of outreach and we'll get you started on that. But anyway, back to just those questions, Caleb, that you Mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, um, I remember hearing Robert Madu do a teaching on this and he said like some of the same questions of like, how do you know if you have this comparison issue? And Mm -hmm. he asked some of those similar questions like, can you celebrate the success of others? You know, are you, one of the things was, are you stingy with compliments? Mm. You know, like, do you find joy in someone else's failures? Like, mm. if so, that's your rival, Brooke. What? You're like, who's the rival? Well, Ohio State. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's where, it, okay. <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> oh, we're not doing, sorry, we're deep things. Uh, okay, we'll go deep, we'll go deep. No. But no. yeah, so I just think like, at the root of all the questions, you asked at the root of those questions, it's really, it, it does go back to this idea of, of pride and it's really what drives us to think of ourselves over others. It's what drives us to think of ourselves over the kingdom. Um, and so I think we kind of joked about this before one of our episodes, like people really kind of use that scripture from Proverbs, like pride comes before the fall, like kind of as a joke. But it's in the Bible, and I don't think it was meant to be a joke. No, it's like I'm pretty no. sure it's a real thing, you know. And so, um, 
it's just like understanding that if pride is at the root of what you're doing, there's a fall coming. Like there's a fall ahead for you. But on the other side of that with humility, you know, it's that idea of like, I'm going to subject myself and my preferences and my praise and my whatever to something that's greater. Um, And the quote from the book is so good. They said, humble leaders give up what could be theirs on behalf of what is beyond them. Yeah, I mean, and look, I mean, we've been joking here, but yes, one of the, if my husband were here, uh, <laughs> he would say, again, I hope he never listens to this because he'll just have more uh, fodder. Um, but no, the truth is like, that is something I can honestly say that I have struggled with. And I think, you know, whether it's personality or, you know, whatever it is now, I do, I do go back and say, just if you don't have my personality, Right. You can't just go blame all the loud people who tell you how great they are all the time and be like, they're the only ones that struggle with. Yeah. Pride. Right. It's, it's So you've got to ask these questions. And that's why I love. Right. Anytime we can have pragmatic things. And, you know, Robert Madure in this book, like, are you how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. You know, and some, I mean, mm-hmm. some of this, even for me, like, you know, do you celebrate when your rivals prosper? I don't you know, I don't have something in my head. I mean, I joke about football because that's probably where I spend more time thinking about rivals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but truly, I don't know who that person would be. But even in that question, I'm I'm like, probably not, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't even have anybody in mind. And so that's, that is a deeper root issue, right. That I've got to go and deal with and that I do deal with and that I have to have accountability for mm-hmm. again, marriage, fun place to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and thankfully I have a husband that doesn't mind, uh, you know, lining me out Helping when to he refine needs you. to. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Refine, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a very kind, kind, strong way. Uh, <laughs> so he's very consistent, guys. He Scott. helps me out. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, so, you know, all that to say, and I know I referenced this earlier, um, but it really does make me think of, uh, you know, Queen Esther. Um, you know, she had this opportunity to rely on her position and power, but she humbled herself, risked her own life, for the greater good of others and the mission at hand. And, and, you know, if you really dig into that story, there's some really cool stuff there about mm-hmm. how she trusted her uncle. Right. And mm-hmm. was just like, I'm in this position, but what in the world do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that sh- there was a place of, of uh, understanding the character of those that she followed and agreed with. Right. And so it, it, that really was a place for me to be like, who are you trusting? Who are you listening to? Um, who can speak into your life? And, you know, my terminology line you out and say, hey, like, no, I mean, because her uncle was like, hey, you got a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and we forget that part where it wasn't like Esther was like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, there was he was like, you need to make a choice. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and so that just really was, I say convicting, but even more was kind of exciting to be like, OK, this is how I can build these safeguards around me. Right. Who are the people I trust? You know, I mean, Melanie, you know, I come to you all the time. You're like, was this jerky thing to say (laughs) the answer is yes um no but usually you know i have people that we build in and hopefully i mean that's i'm not perfect at it but we got to do it right Mm. um but when it gets in you know humble leaders also refrain from telling everyone around them how awesome they are in comparison to others um yeah so i should stop doing that uh, this is, a very, <laughs> no, I mean, but it really is a very real danger. I mean, you, you know, have to, and again, I'll go back to kind of the preacher kid thing, but like the pastors that tell you how great they are all of the time, like they're not doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really not. And, and we talk about this too, like who do they surround themselves with? Mm-hmm. Who, if you're in any sort of leadership, whether that's just existing as a person or in a ministry or a church, 
who in your life, who in your organization can come to you and be like, hey, that is not okay. I'm concerned. What's going on? Like somebody has to have that space Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to speak into it. Um, you know, if not, when they talk about pride becomes before a fall, I literally do think of you are, you have siphoned yourself off, Mm -hmm, right? mm Siphon's not a great word. Siloed yourself off, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. That's what I think. You are alone in this now. Yeah. You and your feelings Mm -hmm. of awesomeness. Yeah. Well, and I think a great way to kind of, you know, figure out if that's you or not is look around at the people that are around you. Like, is everyone that you communicate with on a daily basis, like someone who wants something from you or could get something from you? Because if it's only your employees that you're talking to, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's an issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need someone who, it, because they, because honestly, they, they don't want to tell you you're wrong yeah. because mm-hmm. then um, that's not going to be good for them. Yeah. So, right. you know, yeah. you need people that don't can, know why. We that make can it call so out easy your when pride. We struggle with pride. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So you need people who yeah. can call that out. Right. And it's people that want something from you, they're never going to call that mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, so I have a, example of something that happened literally just yesterday, because I think what you said, Brooke was humble leaders, you know, refrain Mm -hmm. from telling people how great they are, how awesome they are. And I would say the same about organizations because, um, I was actually in a conversation with a friend at lunch yesterday who she applied. (laughs) This is so funny. Just literally how this plays out. She applied for a job at a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. um, a local one. I'm not going to say who it is, but she applied for a job. And inside I was like, oh, I have heard some not great things about that nonprofit. And then I was like, but wait, I heard about that from somebody else who works for another nonprofit. And I'm like, so I don't know if I can trust that because it's always competition. Right. And so I was like, well, I, I heard this about that place, but you got to take that with a grain of salt because it was from somebody else who works for another nonprofit. A little later in the conversation, she starts telling me about a church that she started going to. And inside I was like, oh. I've heard some not great things about the church. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, but the things I heard that from was from a pastor of another church. Right. Wow. And so I was like, hey, take this with a grain of salt. I was like, wait, <laughs> this keeps happening. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what else humble leaders do? They refrain from bashing every other right. church or nonprofit right. or other organization that does what they do. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, we do all believe that what we do is right or we wouldn't do it right. for the most part. I believe my opinions are right. Right. That's why I think them, right. you know, but there has to be a point in time <laughs> where you realize that like there might be other people doing really great things. Yeah. And yeah, you work for the place you work for probably because you believe in what you do and you right. believe passionately about it. But it doesn't mean everybody else is wrong or they do it less than or not as well. That goes with churches, mm-hmm. organizations, businesses. I don't care who it is. What if you refrain from having to tell everybody else why what somebody else does isn't right or wrong or whatever, you know, like that just was bizarre when I realized like you can't trust what anybody else says about someone else in their sector or their field because they're always going to think everybody else is wrong. Yeah. So what if we actually started speaking like life? I don't know. I don't know. Good job using your frontal lobe, man. Thinking that through. I mean, I'm just saying like, I'll receive that. Right. I mean, cause that's the thing. Like the idea, you know, is not, that you don't have these thoughts, but it's like, is it, you know, it's sure. okay to have concerns about other sure. organizations Absolutely. if you think they're hurting someone, but you're not helping by running around Tell talking them, trash yeah. because you've lost right. credibility in that. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, but that is really interesting that you, you know, you're like within a 40 minute time span, you're like, Oh, right. I don't know. You know, this happens. Yeah, a lot. this happens. Yeah. And so I think that is, and, and when those places come in that you have a place, you know, that you process that out with the Lord, that you talk to people about it, or you just go, like I'm sharing this with you because you're my friend, but I need you to also know 
I have no idea if any of this is true, right. but it's right. for you to explore and consider. Right. Right. right? And so, um, you know, if we're someone that we talk trash and we need somebody to agree with us, mm-hmm. that's a different podcast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Well, that, that really illustrates one of, the mo- one of the more practical points on humility that's made in rooting for rivals. That's uh, humility is, is a practice. It's, a, it's something that's strengthened by the grace of God when we put into practice what we preach um, it's this heart posture that starts in the, the secret place you know mm-hmm. uh, Mel has talked about this before uh, you know the idea of abiding found in John 15 uh, it doesn't come from pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps but rather mm-hmm. learning to simply be with Jesus John 15 4 says abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine so neither can you unless you abide in me the fruit of humility comes from spending time in the word prayer and accountability I think that's probably a huge one when it comes Mm -hmm. to pride Mm -hmm. and asking the Holy Spirit to search our hearts as we serve alongside others Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's just really good look accountability all day. It'll just keep everybody out of trouble, guys. Let's just do that. Just find somebody that's like, hey, you're crazy. Stop it. Um, (laughs) In a nicer way. But for me, I need that. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't need to be a nicer way. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you want it to not be in a nicer way, find someone like me. Um, No, I'm just kidding. But the, um, there were some incredibly helpful prompts um, Mm -hmm. in the book on this topic. And so our takeaway from today, right, we got to be pragmatic, is get alone with the Holy Spirit. And we've got some questions for you to ask. Um, one is really what drives me to succeed. And, and I don't know how many of us actually get alone and even ask that. Where does, what does success even look like? What drives that for me? Um, and a lot of times things that are really great can then become peppered with not really great things. So yeah. it doesn't mean that yeah. you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It may just need to be refined mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yeah. In fact, it always does. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, are these motivations driven by building a name for myself, glorifying God, a little bit of both? You know, I had a pastor say one time, I just think I enjoy preaching too much. That's a, is it? No, please like what you, it, yeah. you, you know, yeah. the Lord was not like, you're going to be really great at this and also miserable. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. not the end game here. Absolutely. And so I think you got to, you know, filter that out too. Um, who are the people in your life that can help you recognize your own blind spots when it comes to pride, oh. figure out who they are and then ask them, give them permission <laughs> to speak right. into your life if mm. you haven't. Um, and then have you ever rooted for another organization or another person's failure mm-hmm. and why? And I think that one can hurt, um, especially yeah. when, you know, we're people that think we're incredibly kind, but then we realize, mm-hmm. you know, oh no, I actually have, I enjoyed that a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and you're not a horrible person. You're just dealing with something right. mm-hmm. you've got to let the Lord heal that place for you. Yeah. So that's good. Those are good questions. They are really good They're probably questions. good questions to just like have on the calendar every six months. Absolutely. Right. Every week. I don't yeah. know. Like just well, to yeah. constantly heart check yourself, you know, and I, I, just as we're sitting here and wrapping up at least today's episode, just I've been thinking like, of course this is the thing that the enemy would do to reduce the effectiveness of people who are like on a mission for the kingdom. Like whether it's individuals or larger organizations or churches, like if they're going to go do good stuff, how can I get in and totally like try to reduce the effectiveness as much as possible? I'm going to make it be about them. Yeah. They're going to lose sight of the vision they're going to lose sight of the bigger picture, the mission, and they're going to get, get focused on one another. They're going to be envious of one another, going to tear each other down. They're going to disagree. I think about those rib issues and spine issues we talked about. I'm going to yeah. get them 
that was last week, guys. Go yeah. back and listen if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm going to get them to disagree on rib issues and get so consumed with each other and arguing that they're going right. to totally have no effectiveness in the kingdom. Right. Like, if people are going to do good things, here's what the enemy is going to do to get in and try to just destroy all of it, you know? And so I just think these are so important um, because we're talking about the kingdom here. Yeah. And so um, I encourage you to take those those practical questions, go and pray and reflect on those. Um, and we're not done y'all. We still got another week of this series. Um, and I just, this has been really, really good. It's been really reconvicting to me, but that's why I'm like, yeah, no, this needs to be revisited on a regular basis because our hearts are prone to wonder y'all. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? That was nice. Poetic closing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. That's what that was. Wow. I'm thinking about a podcast that it's I listened powerful. to where they talked about when people take like chunks of songs uh-huh. and write them in like fancy <laughs> cursive on wooden planks. I'm like, that's one of them, prone to wonder. It's just, I don't know. It's just a phrase that always stuck with me. But um, anyway, I just hope that you guys have been encouraged and challenged and that you will stick with us as we complete this series next week on Rooting for Rivals. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. <laughs>